0: Hi, I'm Simone W. Darnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional, new to the United States, and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the immigrant experience in America. Today we have for you uh, a very colorful and lovely lady. Her name is Eugenia Jordan. She is a self-made immigrant woman and started her telecom career as a secretary and now has gone to become a VP of marketing of the major telecom industry disruptor of a company called Parallel Wireless. She has over 20 years of strategic marketing leadership experience leading marketing and communications for small and Fortune 500 global technology companies. She's a well sought after speaker at many technology and telecom events and webinars. And she's also well known as a telecom writer contributing to publications like RCR Wireless, The Fast Mode, Developing Telecoms and many others. She's also an inventor holding seven patents including 5G and open RAN, R-A-N. Her passion is to help other women in telecom to realize their full potential through mentorships, communities engagement, and workshops. Her story is a positive example that if you work hard, play fair, continue to learn, and always believe in yourself, you can grow yourself, your career, and others. Eugenia resides currently in Massachusetts with her husband, teenage son, and three rescue dogs. She loves theater and music. She volunteers for dog rescues and programs that help underprivileged children and women. Please join me in welcoming Eugenia to our podcast. Eugenia has a master's in teaching from Moscow Pedagogical University and studied computer undergrad at the CDI College in Toronto, Canada. Welcome, to Eugenia. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's just when you're reading my bio and realizing where I came from, a girl from Russia, and she made it in America, it makes me a little bit emotional, and I'm hoping that there are other girls out there or boys out there that listening to me and they can realize that they can become anything.
0: Yes, America is the place where dreams come through, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, I love Hamilton and um, there is a very dear quote to my heart when he says, when I'm not going to throw away my shot, So, and I think immigrants, when we come here, when a short, even a tiny little one short is given to us, we grab onto it and then we work extremely hard. And then when we reach heights, we see other people like us and we wanna help them reach what we've reached. And this is where I am at a point in my life, in my career. I wanna lift as many immigrant women as I can, because there is such a great potential in every single one of them.
0: Very good, lovely to hear. We we're so glad to have you. So, would you um, go into sharing with our audience and us what what is your heritage, and um, you know where you from, and a little bit about your background that we haven't shared already about your bi- in your biography?
1: Absolutely. Um, I was born in 1970 in the USSR, back then it was USSR. I was, I grew up in downtown Moscow, and that country doesn't exist anymore, um, so I, I went to a school there, I um, graduated from college there, and I was raised by a single mother, and she worked extremely hard. Um, she was bipolar and it was a little challenging because it was though loving but a very controlling environment and she worked a very um, simple job she was a secretary and I knew that I didn't want to leave paycheck from paycheck I didn't want to Um, suffer the way she suffered um, from bosses that didn't appreciate her. So, and even when Russia changed their ways, or so they did when Soviet Union collapsed, um, I knew I didn't want to stay in Russia because those leaders that led communist party and didn't allow any new ideas, any innovation happen, they still were in power. So I found an immigration program for highly educated women in Canada. And my mom and my grandfather, God bless their hearts, um, they sold what they had to pay for um, the lawyers fee fees. And in the winter of 1995, with just two suitcases, To my name and uh, with my sister she had two suitcases to her name a little bit of u.s money we got on a plane that took us through rome and then to canada Mm -hmm. didn't know anyone in canada was hoping and praying and just believing that because we made it across the pond and we were now in the free country that we'll find people that would help us. And we did, so the first few nights we spent in a hostel and then we were looking for an apartment and we saw a sign for rent and we walked in and we didn't realize it was for rent for an office. And the lady that was, was there her grandmother was Russian. So when she heard our accents, when she saw the way we were dressed, she Mm. said, you know what, ladies? I know someone that has a furnished apartment. I'm gonna call him and I'm gonna give you a reference so he will rent it to you. Amazing. Yep. And since then, I always relied on kindness of people, and it's that experience, all 27 years ago, it's always with me. And um, we rented that apartment, we got jobs. I got a job at sports authority, and my sister got a job at another retail store. And the rest is history. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> That's quite a story. Uh, you guys stepped out on faith, and... Um whatever you believe in whether it's God or the universe met you right you came with having no one on the other side and then provisions were made for you and here we are today right Can you tell us a little bit about your? Uh, you, did you mention your grandfather and mom? Um, where, what, what, what is? Where are they now? And and um, how did things develop for
1: them? So unfortunately, they both deceased, um, and my sister and I we worked really hard to bring them to Canada. Um, and unfortunately, because my mom was bipolar. Um, she passed away 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago. Um, and my grandfather passed away as well. He lived with my sister and she took really, really good care of him. Um, so, but those two humans, despite their um, challenges, they made me who I am. Um, they taught me hard work. They taught me acceptance. They taught me not to settle for things and always, always, always fight for what I deserve. Awesome.
0: Well, my condolences and may they rest in peace. Right. Um, thank you for sharing that. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, shaken by hearing uh, that amazing story and hope that your your family had for both of you and and look where you are today so um great to hear thanks for sharing so can you uh share you know after arriving and you know things started off you know hopefully just well for both you and your sisters how did things develop and and what was your american dream as your you and your sister headed across (laughs) the globe right to cold cold Canada what were your American dreams and you know how did you guys go about getting towards
1: that so um I knew I needed education so um I went I worked at a retail store and those wonderful women they're still friends to this day we text with each other uh, because My store manager that hired me um, to work at a store in Canada, she became my first mentor. She taught me the North American culture. Um, She supported me. She supported my dreams. Um, So I was going working full-time, and then I was going full-time to um, get my computer undergrad. And then... When I got my computer undergrad, I was 30 years old. My biological clock was ticking. So I looked online and I found a gentleman in the States. So we started communicating and I came to visit him a few times and we had this connection. But that romance was a whirlwind and I should have known my friends in canada my good friend she was telling me it's too fast it's too soon and i made all the efforts to travel from canada to the us i got on a bus for nine hours just to come and see him and i was hoping for happily ever after and we got married too fast i didn't get to know that man and I, then I found myself in a very controlling and very abusive marriage. Mm-hmm. So my, here I was in America, I had two degrees and I wasn't even allowed to work or get a driver's license. And I was ready to go back to Canada. And he helped me get my driver's license and then things didn't improve and I was ready to go to Canada and then 9-11 happened. So there was no jobs. And I had my mom in Canada. Um, I needed to support her. So I told him, it said that you allow me to get a job or I'm going to Canada. So I got a job And what was challenging for the five years that I was in that marriage is at work, they saw me as a wonderful, inspiring, hardworking human being that was um, kind to everyone. And I built friendships and I was allowed to dream big. And then I was coming home and I was called... uh, think Russian immigrant. Mm. And wow. I don't want to even go why so many immigrant women get into those type of situations and marriages. And I finally, after I had my son um, and he was one year old, I finally said enough is enough. And well. I knew I deserved better. So I, again, my son and I, just like, you know, 10 years later, the story repeated itself. I ha- We had two suitcases with some pots, pans, our clothes, toys. Uh, we got a tiny little town, a few bucks. And I knew that I'm going to make the most of my job that I had. There was an opening in marketing. I asked my boss who was an Indian immigrant, and he was my mentor, and he built a company, and I was his assistant. I wanted to move into marketing, and I said, please, there's an opening in marketing. Please, can you let me go? Because I want to grow. I want to realize my dream. And again, just like that lady with the apartment, he said, I'm going to miss you, but I cannot hold you. I'm gonna support your dreams. Hmm. So I ran to the person that had that rack open and I said, please give me a chance. And he said, you're a single mom, how are you gonna do it? And just Bye. like Hamilton, I said, just give me that shot. Just give me that shot. And it's now you shouldn't worry how I'm gonna do it as a single mom. I'm gonna figure it out. All I need is the chance. The chance was given and the rest is history.
0: You're so inspiring. Um, My goodness. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. So my next question was asking you to speak about opportunities that, would, that came along to help you reach your American dream, but I think you just shared with us two very vital ones. Are there any others over the years um, that you'd like to share with our audience that came along to make things, you know, it seems that at this point in your life, you were at a, a somewhat difficult place. You have a small child, a single mom you know, freshly out of a marriage and now on your own, you're starting in a new industry. Um, how did things develop around that? And, you know, how did things get better for you?
1: Um, that is a really good question. Things were good. Um, I was finally free. I was working extremely hard. I was learning marketing on my own. Um, then the company gets acquired and I end up, in a much larger company. So navigating again, navigating, figuring out what to do so I can grow my career. And there were people that saw my passion, my hard work, my ability to solve problems. And I was giving many wonderful projects at that company as well, Cisco. Uh, wonderful leadership, wonderful opportunities. I even launched the new Cisco brand as a stretch project in 2012. But then as they say, you can take a girl out of a startup when we got acquired, but you cannot take startup out of a girl. Mm. I started looking for another one. (laughs) So I've met with my current CEO He's a scrapper just like me, the brilliant man, um, the kindest man that is not afraid to disrupt the industries. Um, He's from a very humble background as well. And he saw something in me that I could um, do some amazing work. And um, I really wanted the chance and he gave me the chance. And in the last eight years, the team at Parallel Wireless, we've built a company from a tiny little startup um, to leading a movement in our industry. So that was another pivotal moment when someone saw something in me and maybe then I didn't even know what it was, was and gave me a chance. And it was, Absolutely amazing. And I'm not gonna tell you that it was easy. So uh, Steve, the uh, CEO can tell you that the first year was so hard because we had to figure out the strategy. We had to figure out the messaging. This tough Russian lady cried and I don't cry. So, and that's what sometimes we have to do is immigrants when or any humans, right? When chances are given, we need to be resilient. We need to do the hard work and it might be so hard, but the results will show themselves. We just need to do the work. So I think the additional point, just like when I listened to your um, story and your podcast, it's just taking those chances because courage is everything when people decide to leave their country and come follow their country dream, dream takes a lot of courage and the opposite of courage is fear to me so and if i didn't get on that plane or if i didn't find that program or if i didn't ask for the marketing job. Or if I didn't ask for a wireless job, then the answer was always no. And when you ask for it, you get the courage, the guts. The answer sometimes is yes, and when the yes is given, you just run with it. Amazing,
0: right? Right, and sometimes it takes a few times, right? of hearing knows. um, But sometimes you just have to follow. uh, As women, we have our intuition or those gut feelings and um, just keep going at it until we get that you're in marketing. So you you understand um, that space and dealing with the public and sales and things like that, that sometimes it takes um, a lot of energy to actually get to that place where you want to get.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, The book by Jim Collins in this analogy of the flywheel, it's always very hard for the flywheel to go. But once it starts flying, that's the energy, the wind, it just keeps pushing it. So it's always hard at the beginning. It's hard to create something new, reinvent yourself, learn new things. Um, But when it starts moving, it's much easier. And then as humans, we'll always um, find a new challenge. So they fly. then we find a new flywheel to push. And then that flywheel gets pushed. And that's just never learning circle of growth and continuous improvement. I hope it answers your question. I love the analogy. Thanks for
0: sharing that. Um, any, any, I w- I'm actually very curious about the fact that you came from a different culture right so the united states has uh, and, and the western world typically operates under a capitalist system russia is quite different you were raised in a different environment how did you maneuver the cultural differences in uh, across this side of the globe and you know how do, how did you manage all of that
1: this is such a great question because last year I finished a mentorship program for at, at Parallel Wireless as my passion project, just like this po- podcast is yours. And we were mentoring um, India, our Indian young population. So in one of those sessions was on cultural differences, and I used um, Hofstad framework. So I didn't even know that Hofstede framework existed when I came to the United States. I just knew that I needed to listen and I needed to understand because I knew cultures were very different and just learning, asking questions and figuring out what is going to be my perception and what I want that perception to be. And the most important fact is in Hofstede uh, framework is how Russians and Americans look at the power, power authority. so the distance. In Russian culture, it's all about, oh, I, I cannot say to my boss, the president of the country, that they're wrong. It just doesn't work this way. In America, it's part of the DNA. So my bosses used to tell me, Eugenia, you never, um, you're when you want to express something, you are not sometimes concise. Why is that? And I started thinking, and I realized that it comes down to that relationship that my background brought between me and the power of authority and once I realized that I knew that my boss is a great person he created psychological safety for me he wants me to speak up he wants me to tell him that sometimes he might be wrong so just figuring out why you're doing certain things and it might be your upbringing it might be your cultural difference and then learning how to work through that so it takes self-awareness number one and desire to work and take that feedback um, without being offensive
0: how how i'm curious though on the language side of things how did you manage? You speak very well, a very clear. You can explain yourself in English, but I don't imagine you grew up speaking English. Can you speak to the, the language differences and how you were able to make that leap from I'm assuming speaking Russian and now being fluent in English?
1: That's a great compliment because I worked really hard and I was told um, 10 years ago, I can't write articles because English is my second language. Guess what? I've proven them wrong because I, just in the last two years, I wrote 100 articles in my industry. Amazing. I, I know. So last year I spoke probably um, on 25 webinars and public sta- stages. So it takes work. So I went to a school school back in Russia where English, we were learning English, we had two classes a day. Uh, It was extremely hard to write and study and we studied British English. So then when I moved to Canada, it was extremely hard because what you study at school, um, when you try to speak, it's completely different. And there was not that many resources in Russia for us to hear like different types of radios. Maybe there was only BBC back then. So when I moved to Canada, I learned English by watching TV. Jerry Springer, Morrie, Law and Order. And the funny thing is my husband, he's from Puerto Rico And he came here to the States when he was 12 years old, not a word of English. And this is how he learned to speak English as well, by watching TV. Maybe not Jerry Springer, (laughs) but that's how he learned. So it's just watching TV, being intentional, that even with my Russian friends, I only spoke English. And just speaking, speaking, listening, practicing, 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 and then you realize that your second language becomes part of you when you start thinking in it, when you start having dreams in it. So, and that's how um, I learned English. Thank spoken English. Thank God, you know, for Jerry Springer. <laughs>
0: Oh, wonderful to hear. I do relate to the, um, you know, once you you know you're getting a, a second language when you're fully immersed in it and you start thinking and dreaming because I also studied Spanish from high school as well. And um, that's when I know I was getting it when I started having dreams and being able to think in it. And um, sometimes even in nowadays, I find myself actually looking at a scene and actually thinking in Spanish and I can't find my English words. So, um, because I actually have immersed myself so much in the Spanish, um, culture and the way they do things. I watch the TV, the news, I go to the salons where I can keep my Spanish up and so forth. And I have my friends to communicate with. So, um, yes, the immersion is is very important. So, thank you for emphasizing that. For those who are listening and are having struggles in, you know, learning English or a second language, um, you know, fully immersing yourself in that language can be quite helpful.
1: Absolutely, immersing yourself, but also taking it one day at a time, because people will be surprised if they just spoke an hour a day um, and did maybe a lesson a day, how far along they will be in a year because it's 365 hours. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks for
0: sharing that. I I think it's bringing a lot of understanding to people who uh, don't understand uh, Russia and so forth. It's good to get a sense of what life was like for you growing up. So we're happy to hear that. Do you have any advice that you'd like to share with new immigrants? Any tips um, to help them to adjust to the American culture and how to, um, you know, you've given us some nuggets so far, but any additional advice that you'd like to share for anybody who's new? somebody possibly who might be listening, who's coming over from Russia or some other country for the first time, and maybe find themselves in, this, in the place where you were and trying to navigate America. You know, what advice would you give to that person to how to become a, a successful contributing s- uh, person to the American
1: society? That is such a good question. So probably Number one would be believe in yourself. You cannot blame your bosses or anyone else if you are not successful. You need to believe in yourself. Believe in your capabilities. Believe in your abilities. You deserve to be here. You deserve to have your American dream. Number two, if there are people bosses or whatever, um, like my first husband, they don't support your dream, find people that would. There are people out there, centers, there is social media, there is so many resources that will help you build that supportive community. And probably number three is um, don't give up. It's going to be hard, just don't give up. Because America has been built on us immigrants. And you are now a fabric, part of that fabric of immigrants. You're important. You are part, maybe a tiny part, but you, As an immigrant, you will make America a wonderful country that it is today, but you're going to make it even better. But being here, just don't give up. And I'm sorry I choked up a little bit because I was at Ellis Island and I saw those immigrants coming here not knowing and some of them leaving. I just want to make sure that people don't leave. Mm-hmm. Find your people, believe in yourself, and believe in America because America was built by people like you, and America is built for people like you. Wow. That is such a great
0: way to end our time together. Thank you so much. I enjoyed listening to your story. Thank you for sharing with us, Eugenia. We welcome you back at any time that you'd like to share again. Uh, This was quite a moving, um, I tell you, my heart is palpitating right now. This was a moving interview, and um, I enjoyed every moment of it. And um, uh, I've been sending up prayers for God to send the people who need to share, and I believe that you were one of those people. So I found you randomly on LinkedIn, and this was meant to be. So thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.